It's News Talk ZB in the Weekend Collective, and at some point in the next half an hour or so, there will be a cue to call for you to be in the draw to go to New York. We are celebrating the release of Bruce Springsteen's brand new album, a stunning album called Western Stars. You can see more about it at newstalkzb.co.nz. When you hear that cue to call, there will be some general knowledge trivia too. Can I call? You can't. It's sure. sort of a long-standing radio practice that if you are a, a host on the station, you can't enter the competitions. <sighs> So it's, uh, limiting. It is limiting. Um, but it's a wonderful prize. Lots of spending money too with this one. And you get a copy of Bruce's album. But this is not the cue to call. You will know when. Not you will yet. Know when. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, because right now, Wilson, it is smart money. And we've got to get to Costco. Because that is some sort of a phenomenon everyone was talking about on our Facebook page. But something else we want to talk about first. And why don't you welcome our special guest too. Personal finance specialist, uh, Amanda Morell. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so... New Zealand's superannuation age, the, the, the barrier at the moment to superannuation is 65. Diane Maxwell, uh, Retirement Commissioner, has come out swinging, actually very outspoken, she has been quite consistently, about the need to increase the pension age from 65. How long do you think it can stay at 65? I, uh, personally, I think it's unsustainable, and this uh, this conversation actually precedes Diane Maxwell. Her predecessor, Diana Crossan, was also trying to get this across the line ages mm. ago when I first moved to this country back in like 2007. So it, it's an argument that will not go away. It's a political hot potato because the no one's going to touch it. No one wants like to touch it. But let's John look. Key took it off the took, yeah, it, yeah. took it off the list, and uh, you think Jacinda's not going to touch it now? She's got enough. Uh, she's got enough fires. To, no, no, to put I, I'll equate it with capital gains tax. So it's like one of those sacred. You just don't want to go there. But if you look at what's happening around the world particularly among the OECD countries, which we like to compare ourselves, over half of them have increased the age towards 67. And people need to understand it's not an overnight thing that occurs. It's graduated, it's phased in, there's plenty of time to get adjusted. And for a lot of the voters who, for whom get really upset about this topic, it won't even impact them. And so I wonder if they don't know that. I really feel like they just see the headlines. They don't realize that mm -hmm. if this was going to be brought in, it'd be staggered. It is, and they, they, you know, this almost got across the line with Bill English. It was ready to go ahead, and then it got kiboshed. Mm. And and you know, they they put up the date there very loud and clear for people to understand that it wasn't if you were born after 1973, so the babies in 1974, would it start to impact them? The current Democrat cohort of voters, no. So you got to if you set back your 70s child. Okay, it's going to start to impact you, but it's graduated. And I think a lot of people that just went right over their heads. They said, oh, my God, you know, they, they're going to bring in and it's going to affect my... But it won't affect mm. most of the people for whom this subject really claws at. We want to hear from you. 0800 80 10 80. Can New Zealand's superannuation age remain at 65? Amanda Morell says, no, can't. Roxy, you say, no, can't. Yeah, it's got to go up. And and I know that, that there is a legitimate argument, at least for caution on this, in that the, while the life expectancy in New Zealand has gone up dramatically over the years, that for some ethnicities it hasn't so much. So so I can understand some some caution there. But essentially when you do look across the board, that our life expectancy in 1950, for men it was 67, for women it was 71. So that's in 1950. And where we're at now, zooming along on my graph, so men were up to 79. Women in New Zealand, life expectancy is now 83. 83 now for women, 71 
uh, back in the early 1950s. So it's gone so up it's all a dozen women. years. It's all these women who are hoovering up the money. We're living longer than ever, and chances are a lot of them will be single as well, divorced and or widowed, and they right. wouldn't have made as much money as their male counterparts. So these women will need to want to pay attention to their money more than anyone else. But is if it, you, is I, it possible, though, that because yeah. of that, that, I mean, if, if, they're, do, if they're widowed, yep. their situation is likely that they've inherited money on, on the death of their husband, correct? Not necessarily. But likely. A lot of people Not necessarily, don't. but likely. So some of them may, some of them might. But yeah. um, so there's, you know, I mean, let's say half are widowed and half are divorced. If you've lost half of your assets, you're not in, you know, you've got some serious considerations there to think about. You've got kids, perhaps, that you want to look after as well. So it's not so cut and dry. But what I would like to say is that this morning, for example, I was at the hospital visiting my poor in-law who was just recovering from a hip operation two years on. Look around. There's a whole lot of gray hair people there in hospital beds with hip replacements, uh, knee replacements. And you look at that graph that you've got in mm. front of you there and think about that extra chunk of the baby boomers who will be in that position We've got a problem. It's healthcare expenses as a percent of GDP, which have people very, very wor worried worldwide mm. when you look at the cost of the, the yeah. pension. Okay, give us a bell, 0800-80-1080, text as well, 9292. And our special guest from Simplicity.Kiwi is the personal finance specialist, Amanda Morale. And Dave, how are you doing? Hi, Amanda. Hello. I'm okay. Listen... It's all very eerie-fearing, kind of elitist. Uh, this is the reason uh, Donald Trump got a record. You as an American person would know this is the reason. Sorry, Dave. Um, that may be best for an off-air conversation. Andy, how are you doing? Oh, kia ora, bro. Hey, um, I, just, I, work in, um, I work in retail, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 50 this year, and uh, every day I see somebody coming in with their uh, gold card saying, hey, what's the gold card? And I say, brother, sister, you know, no matter what's going on, I tell you what, enjoy it while you can, because when I get to your age, I don't think there's going to be anything left in the pot for me. So, you know, and, and, and I joke about it, but, you know, I'm quite serious that there's a, there's a lot of people who are going to be requiring this sort of, not requiring, but, you know, they're, uh, they're going to be getting this sort of benefit coming up when they're 65. And I would love to be able to have this when I'm 65, but I can't see it and I'm 50. And I've already worked for my retirement. And... Um, so I'm already I'm already fritching away and then screwing away other income to make sure that I can enjoy what I can get because I just know that any other government will do their best, but God damn it, they will take away it as required and that um, I'm on my own. And so I want to make sure that um, you know for me and uh, my wife that we will that we'll be okay in our retirement and knowing that um, they ain't going to be bugger all for us, mate. And if yeah. it's got to go to 67, it's got to go. And then I'm happy with that. Just hurry up and make it happen because for the next generation, it's going to be even worse. Yeah, listen, I think you're very smart to think ahead and for yourself personally. I've, I've, I've questioned that myself when I take the ferry over to Wahiki on a nice weekend and there's a pile of seniors lined up with their, their card and they're enjoying the day for free. I can't imagine that it's going to be that, that, that case when I retire as well. So I think for individuals like... Yeah, you can get really wrapped up in this policy debate, but you got to think like you're like you're doing, sir, which is like, how is this going to impact me? And am I am I going to be okay? And to provision for yourself adequately is really the name of the game here. Like you can get fired up about this debate as much as you like, but at the end of the day, you know what's that going to serve you if you don't have enough money to comfortably retire on? So you're bang on there and getting your eggs in a basket. Thank you, Andy. Jim, hi. Oh, oh hi, uh, Heather Duplessy Allen wrote an article about uh, this and she was had been 
very much for for raising the age, but she took some time off work and replaced a deck at home, and she couldn't believe how hard it was and how knackered she was at the end of the week, and she really thought that asking men of 67 to do that was not fair. Uh, so people who do very hard physical work, they really aren't up to it once they're getting into their 60s, you know? So how do you take that? Yeah, I would agree with you. Listen, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. There's always going to be some people who are in a position that they're healthier, they're more willing, they're more capable, and um, conversely, other people who are not quite able, particularly if they've been, you know, in, in physical labor. So it's got it's got to be a situation that accommodates for both. Um, they're coming so is it up with, like a staggered one or a variegated one? Yeah, I was just going to say that, for example, in Canada, this came up. It was very, um, which is where I come from originally, but it was quite contentious. And rather than raise the age, what they did was they offered a, a, a proposal whereby if you wanted to retire earlier at age 60, for example, it just meant you took a bit of a discount on, on the allotment. So you get 36% less. And conversely, if you wanted to get more, you could wait past 67. So the actuaries took a look at this and thought that's going to help, um, you know, just even out some of the bumpiness. So it, it's not a, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing sort of solution. There are some creative compromises that I think we can come up with here. And certainly taking into account the fact that some people simply will not be um, physically well enough or mentally to, to, to work past 65. What's your take on means testing? That's a tricky one because, you know, everybody's paying into it. So they think that they should be entitled and that gets people very scared when you when you raise that question. So I can understand that if... if but if we, the, pay, we pay superannuation to people who have a million dollars in the bank. That's, that's ludicrous. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, my, my personal view in the means test is it shouldn't be means tested because if it is going to be means test, it's going to create a whole bunch of problems for the um, Kiwi savers, right? So uh, right now, I think anybody... Well, you've like, got your two policies colliding. That's right. And then you get all these people that are very skeptical that you know it's, it is going to be, and then what are they going to do, and how do they bridge the difference? I think, again, you just have to come down to your own personal circumstances, right? Some people are going to inherit a lot of money or a house from their folks. Some people are going to be living off baked beans. Look at your current position. Look at what you're currently entitled under New Zealand Super. If you go to see a financial advisor, they'll say, okay, let's just strip out whatever you think you're going to get from New Zealand Super and look at where you're on track now to save. And then consider New Zealand Super, if it is around, as a bit of a bonus, okay? So I, 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 I can't see the day that New Zealand Super is going to disappear. I think it will always be there in some form. It just might be modified, okay? But that doesn't mean that you can't do something else for yourself today to get yourself in a better position for tomorrow. I think your unborn child, Roxy, needs to get a job. And look after daddy and mummy. <laughs> yeah, that's possibly a good point. I, we've actually started eating more baked beans, just as a brief aside, as soon as it came up, because <laughs> you know, we're, we're going down to one income. And and we had a, a baby moon holiday where we were driving around in a motorhome, and uh, we were having such a great time driving around the East Cape. And and so a couple of a couple of nights we had this simple meal of scrambled eggs, but with baked beans. And and so now I love the meal because it uh. reminds me of the baby moon, and also we're saving money. Great can, yarns. Can I, I, just... <laughs> I, I go through like probably 12 cans of baked beans a yeah. week because I have two teenage boys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it's, you, it's I need cheap. three jobs to pay those you, boys. <laughs> you would need that. And can I just say, you're looking at your baked beans, you've got your Watties and you've got your home brand. Mm. Honestly, 70 cents a can for your home brand. So you dig into the home brand. If you, it may not taste as nice, but 
By jangers, it's cheap. And, and wait till Costco opens. You'll be lining up for that super-sized oh, can. There we go. Okay. <laughs> an eight-liter can of baked beans for now, 20 cents. If we have time, we're going to get to Costco because it's coming to New Zealand and we shared some stories about it on our Facebook page and it just went ballistic as to whether people are actually excited about this. It, it's just so bizarre to me, the Costco phenomenon. Uh, but in the meantime... The, the Costco what? Phenomenon. Uh, I didn't <laughs> quite say... Phenomenon. Phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> As I often say, what would this show be without the mistakes? Without mispronunciation, and, we'd be lost. And as Ashley Church said, it might be better. Oh eight hundred eighty ten eighty. Our special guest is Amanda Morale, who's a personal finance specialist. Website is simplicity.kiwi. We're talking about the super age and whether it's realistic for it to stay at 65. Brian, how are you doing? Yes, uh, good evening, Amanda. Um, I have a couple of comments to make. Um... Yes, I believe the age of entitlement should be increased. But there are a couple of fundamental problems to be looked at. One is the period of entitlement that uh, immigrants uh, face at the moment. It's 10 years. That, uh, by international standards, is very short, and it should be increased. I know, I know the government is looking at it. Yeah, they are looking at that one, and I agree with you. Yeah. And the, uh, what, one of the other ones, and this is a real bugbear, ageism in the workplace. Because people in their 60s, by and large, are much healthier and more active than, say, 50 years ago, they have the ability, they have the capacity and often the want to work longer, but they face this tide of ageism. Yeah. You know, employee, employers reluctant to take on older people. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying there. Um, right now, uh, if you look at the OECD countries, about half of uh, all folks over 65 are working. They're choosing to work or they need to work. And I think that's just a reality that employers are going to have to face up to. And, um, you know, my, my, my father, by, by choice, he's 76. He's working, works for himself. So I guess that gets over any ageism. But he's uh, have no shortage of j- jobs that he's, he's filling um, and, and heading to worldwide. So I think uh, th- there's going to be a greater integration between younger folk and older folk. It's just going to be a reality. And there are some very capable people who have got a lifetime of experience to share. And if you take time to, to talk to them, you will know that. So I think that it would be st- very short-sighted. To, d- to try to displace those folks and remove them because they're a very valuable part of the workforce and yeah. we need to work together. Oh, and, and how upsetting for it is for people, and there'll be people listening right now, and indeed this may be Brian, who have, have lost work. You know, if you get made redundant in your 50s uh, and early 60s and you're still keen to work, it can be so hard uh, and get, such a hit to the self-esteem too. I, the problem is, though, that uh, there's always someone younger, prettier and cheaper, and, and uh, older people accrue or, or, or take out a larger percentage of, uh, of, of the, the employment budget, so they become a liability after a certain point. That's just, um, you know, business is not about making friends. It's just about the numbers. The reality of it. 
Well, that's true, but you know, remember that there's uh, again. I'm it, not it, saying it's desirable. No, that was no, cold-hearted, no. Wilson, because because you're you're in your fifties. I don't want you to get laid off for someone younger and oh, cheaper. I'm I'm not. I work in TV. There's always someone younger, prettier, and cheaper. But uh, but the th- I think the thing is that there is, uh, and we can say you know it's not desirable. Yeah. But the fact is, I think in many businesses, uh, you look at you look at the bottom line, and if mm-hmm. times get tough, then it's like well, employment uh, includes certain costs, and we mm-hmm. could uh, you know we've got nine. Over there, who's mm-hmm. on uh, 120k, mm-hmm. we could chop out him and put in two, you know, two, two 22 year olds who are on mm-hmm. on on 40k and save 10k. I think it may be a bit unrealistic for some of the older folks to think that they're going to maintain those super high salaries, uh, salaries and jobs, uh, prestigious jobs, and hang on to them forever. But again, that's not to say that they can't be integrated somehow by either having part-time jobs or moving into a different area, a different work, you know, a different work environment. So um, again, I think we're going to have to go forward with some compromise and creativity on that one. 0800 80 1080, text us on 9292. Amanda Morale from Simplicity.kiwi is our special guest. We're talking the superannuation age and whether or not it's realistic for it to stay at 65. The reason we brought this one up again is that the outgoing retirement commissioner, Diane Maxwell, has said, look, it, it's got to go up. And, and I agree, it does have to go up. But for so many people who were scared about it going up, it was, it was saying, look, I've worked hard my whole life. That, that can't possibly go up. This is unfair not realising that it wasn't going to affect them, that this would be decades in the making. 0800 1080 1080, it's 5.23. Yo, taxi! News Talks FB can get you to New York City with Air New Zealand and Bruce Springsteen's new album, Western Stars. Such a stunning album. The reviews are through the roof. If you are a Bruce fan, you know what? Even if you don't regard your yourself review? as a Bruce fan, I, I'm four and a half out of five. Four and a half stars out of two? No, I gave the Elton movie, Rocket Man, nine and a half stars out of five. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is very strange. Not on par with that. <laughs> very strange score, isn't it? Not quite as good anyway, as the Elton movie. Um, but good. Nine, nine and a half out of five. But it is four and a half out of five. I, I was going to say that even if you're not the biggest Bruce fan, you may be surprised by this album. He's a stunning songwriter and he wanted to hark back to the American singer-songwriter style of the late 60s, early 70s. We mentioned yesterday Jimmy Webb, very much an inspiration for the album Western Stars. So, to celebrate the release of this album, we are giving away on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Friday the 21st of June at 20 to 8, return flights for two people to New York flying Air New Zealand. Wilson, get this. Your old neighbourhood, you lived in New York for years as the popular TV1 foreign correspondent. Well, four nights accommodation in New York. Four nights. Can you believe it? With $2,000 spending money towards your meals that'll, and transfers. That'll just cover it. Two grand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we had the cue to call, and we've got a pesky little trivia question for Sandra. Sandra, how are you doing? Good, thank you. We're going to throw this question out to you, and you've got five seconds to get it correct. If you do, you are in the draw. Have you been to New York before? Never. How are you feeling? Good, good, good. I don't know whether I'll answer it or not, but we'll give it a shot. Okay, I like the optimism. Stop trying to spook her, Roxy. She's perky. Let's see, she is perky. All right, Sandra. Sandra, Sandra. Either or. Let's do it. Okay. Here's your question. Brooklyn, Queens and Staten Island are boroughs within which U.S. city? It would have to be New York, isn't it? You wouldn't read about it. You're Woo-hoo! in the draw. Good on you. That was fairly easy. It was easy. Hey, you're in the draw, and 
we're going to send you a digital download of the album Western Stars by Bruce Springsteen. Hope you enjoy yes. them. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. All right, we'll be playing again during the week. All the details at newstalkzb.co.nz. It's 5.29, and let's get back to Smart Money. And our special guest, Amanda Morale. She's a personal finance specialist from simplicity.kiwi. And let's go back to the phones. We're, oh, hang on. I'm pressing the wrong button. I just don't know what's going on, Wilson. Oh, you're so excited. <laughs> well, you talk about Bruce Springsteen. Giving away the possibility to go to the Big Apple and Bruce, the <laughs> boss. You just, you're all over the show. Imagine if it was a Bruce Russell competition. Uh, okay. John, you're on. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, my thoughts are, are pretty straightforward. Um, I believe New Zealand could easily afford superannuation age to be 60 or maybe even down to 55 and pay for it very easily. No problems. All they need is a fair system. Um, you're probably aware that any government um, employee, once they retire, they're entitled to 80% of what they earned, or 75%, I might be wrong, 75 or 80% of what they've earned in the last three years. For example, the police commissioner, when he's finished his term, he will be on 80% of what he earned. Oh, some help in the background. Who's that bloke in the background? This guy is actually, uh, will be on a package of about a million dollars a year without working. Do we know this for sure? Yeah, we know this for sure. You can check it yourself. All right, so let's, let's you're, go back, you're talking let's go back about to the a, pri- a private. Let's just say this this applies right across the board. I think it's the biggest scam that the country's got. Um, let's, let's just go say, back to the original assertion about about super being affordable in its current state. Because okay, I, I so, just want to run something past yeah, you, and this yeah. is um, um, Michael Little, Littlewood. Oh yes, yes, who um, yeah. who is uh, he? He is um, someone who knows our uh, superannuation. I'm familiar with Michael and his work. Yep. Okay, so he says that uh, the the cost of New Zealand super today is four percent mm-hmm. of GDP. You may think that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but compared to the OECD, it's actually yep. one of the cheapest mm-hmm. in the world. Now, our Treasury thinks that by 2060, yep. that's, that's you know, 40, 41 years yep. hence, it'll yep. be 6.7. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and compare that to the OECD. Um, it, the OECD at the moment, it's about 9.3% mm-hmm. of GDP. Mm-hmm. So he says it's bearable. And if I think about mm-hmm. those numbers, mm-hmm. then, then what's... Why is it? Why do you say it's not? I guess at the, at the moment you, you look at the numbers and it is bearable, but then you bump it out again to 2060 and it doesn't look so bearable given the fact that people with the lifetime projections. And I think... But it's seven, tre- he said 7% of GDP. But, but they're also basing that on some assumptions that the workforce is going to continue to roll around currently exactly as it does. Like, so if you look at somebody typically entering the workforce from the age of 18... And they're going to be a lifetime contributed to the tax base until age 65 and get that steady, you know, pay increase and the rate of inflation, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality of our workforce today it's, is it, not that. It's choppier. It's changed. People are in and out. There's more people who are self-employed. Um, you know, the technologies that are displacing people. So I think the, the assumptions upon which those smooth projections are based okay. are questionable. And I think that, that the, you so need, what you percentage? need to... What percentage of GDP do you think it'll be? You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I okay. wouldn't guess. But, I mean, you know, look around. You just have to use a bit of common sense. Like I said, at the hospital today, surrounded by a lot of people in hospital, it's very, very expensive. That problem is not going to go away. By the uh, as 2030, we're supposed to have over a million Kiwis over the age of 65. 
Think about the health but issues they're going to be health, facing. That's a healthcare cost as opposed to a national super cost. They're different budgets. But the, it's all coming out of the public purse and taxpayers are the one who feeds into this machine, right? And mm. so if you look at the opposite end of the spectrum, are there going to be enough young people, enough taxpayers who are making that level of tax that's coming in today to feed into the machine? The question there is no. I, you know, so, Well, it's iffy, right? So some of the, the research is very, very debatable on that, on that front. So again, I think... For the average person, you know, you can get really hot-headed about this conversation and get wrapped up in the policy. But for I, I was looking from a micro perspective, what does it mean for you? You know, you can mm. get really upset about this, but the reality is, if you were thirty, if you're forty, you're thinking you're skeptical. It's not going to be there. What do you need to do to get your act together? And so you're not fretting or eating beans in case you don't like eating beans in old age. <laughs> you should be focused on your kiwi saver. Well, all those beans maybe remind you <laughs> those, of a lovely baby moon you had in the Gisborne area. And and you are actually making a contribution, Roxy, because you're producing another uh, taxpayer, possible future taxpayer. Mm. So good L- for you. L- oh, thank you. A <laughs> L- little early off. to be referring to an unborn child as a you know a taxpayer, oh, but that, uh, that, that girl will be paying tax short and sweet. Don't you worry. Okay. Uh, 800 80 Amanda Morale, our special guest for Smart Money. It's 26 minutes to six. And if you'd like to be on, give us a bell, just like Peter's done. G'day, Peter. G'day. Hey, look, um, I think that uh, that last caller had a, a point of view which I would agree with, that, that we can afford super. I just spent some time in Europe looking at super and payments that they make there. Um, and they pay not only from a, a younger age than we currently pay, they, they graduate the, the, and give them choices about where they take, uh, when they take super, but they also pay a, a greater percentage of the average wage to superannuitants. Currently, we've seen the devaluation of what superannuitants earn systematically by increasing at a, at a rate less than what wages have gone up in New Zealand over the last 30 years. So 30 years ago, a superannuitant could expect to live on their superannuation. That isn't the case any longer. The other thing that's occurring is that many um, people are paying secondary tax on their super for their income if they're still working as well. And they now pay consumption tax, which they didn't pay um, 30 years ago, or 35 years ago, they didn't pay consumption tax on top of the tax that they pay on their income. So they, they pay a significant sum of the amount of money that they get back, um, or that they pay in, as they receive in superannuation, directly back to the government anyway. Now, at 4% of GDP, and about 12%, or about 10% of what the government um, has to spend is spent on 18% of the population and is expected to get to 20% within the next 15 years. Now, I actually don't believe that that's unreasonable. I believe that that, um, that most other um, people in this society have had an increased expectation of a quality of life and living. Uh, through their working time, through government guaranteed um, annual holidays. So, so but just just to summarise, just to, just to, just to summarise, there your, your your take is that um, it is uh, it is affordable, uh, given. But I, I think we're also talking about fairness, aren't we? So what what um, what some callers are saying is that it's it's not fair to change the the. the 
it's called an entitlement. I think that's a, a bit of a dodge, to be honest. But um, but there's there's a sense that uh, that some callers don't feel it's fair to change the arrangements this late in the piece. However, uh, it's probably not going to affect them, is it, Amanda? I, again, I, I think the people for whom this are, uh, this issue upsets the most are, are not going to be uh, uh, substantively affected by this. Really, the people who should be taking greater interest are the people who are turning off because they hear this is about retirement. They think it's not going to impact well, them. No one's turned off. They're loving, they're, they love the show. No, actually, but, but. look, we've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've got, we had a text from someone who was 24 who was very excited about the discussion and very um, very keen to see the the age go up. Well, look, let, we always compare ourselves to Australians, right? So what's happening over there? So right now the age of um, su- uh, retirement is six, 65 and a half. It's, it's going up to 67 over 2023. So they're a bit more aggressive on this. The situation isn't too dramatically different there. They've got a bigger population, of course, and they've got more taxpayers. But it, you know, it just, it, to me, it seems the sensible thing to do. It's, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. There are going to be many, um, you know, over 65s who rather not work. There will be many who choose to work and for whom working is a great thing. It keeps them living, basically, because they're engaged with the outside world and they're not at home watching daytime television. So what's, for many people, it's going to be a choice. What's home watching daytime TV? Well, I'm oh, sorry, I don't know. Is uh, Dr. Phil still... <laughs> <laughs> One of those things that's around. It's not it's my on, cup of tea. It's but. actually on at my workplace. Because, oh. <laughs> and, and you just find yourself looking up slack-jawed to Dr. Phil and and you get sucked in. It's very, very easy to watch oh, daytime TV. No, it makes me miss the good old days. Look, we've got to head to a break. But the, the good old days where, where, say, if you were sick uh, from school, in my case, because I was, I was still at school in the 90s, you You'd could watch... You'd never throw a at work, would you, Roxy? You, you could watch Donahue... Uh, oh yeah, Donahue. So you'd watch an hour of Donahue, and then you'd you'd change channels. I think he was on three. Then you'd change it to TV one. You'd watch Sally Jesse Raphael oh, for amazing. for an hour, and then you'd go back for the the best one, which was clearly Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. So then you watch Queen of Daytime Talk. Then you watch Oprah, and then I think uh, reruns of Remington Steel. That was good. Um, not a talk show. And then you would have <laughs> Remington Steel. <laughs> then you would have Ricky Lake. That was a good one. one, one and that's these. good for about two days before you're like, oh, I'm going back to school now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> but, done. But, but there, there was a you know, time. Maths doesn't seem that bad anymore. <laughs> there was a time you, you had four talk shows on every day. But we don't. We Remington Steel isn't a talk no, show. No, no, no. There, there was there was a by the by. There was the the one. Non-talk you watched show. it though, didn't but, you? But I loved Remington Steel. But yeah. Yeah, Donahue, Pierce Brosnan, who does not love him? Hey, don't underestimate, underestimate Stephanie Zimbalist as well as uh, Laura Holt. The that's the, enough of that's enough of that kind of chance. You're a married man with a baby on the way. You just wash your potty mouth out. Oh eight hundred eighty ten eighty. Now we will rattle through a couple more calls on this if you so please. But we also want to have a quick word about Costco because it's coming to New Zealand. And, and I find Costco just the concept so bizarre that you pay like a subscription to this massive shop and then you get bargains, but you have to pay the subscription. Uh, we're going to find out more soon. And you can check out the details of Costco coming to New Zealand on the Weekend Collective Facebook page. 0800 is the number. Special guest is Amanda Morale from Simplicity.kiwi. It's 20 minutes to six. It's News Talk ZB, Weekend Collective and Smart Money on a Sunday, I was going to say afternoon, but it's pitch black outside on a Sunday evening still in the middle afternoon. of winter. It's still afternoon. It's, with, it's, it's the twilight. We're five days it's out. It's the gloaming, Roxy. It is. Five days out from the shortest day of the year. Now, if you go to our Facebook page, almost 4,000 likes, maybe there'll be a special prize for the 4,000th 
person. I don't think they will be. Anyway. Uh, we'll like you back. <laughs> like for like. Go for gold. Um, we, we put something up during the week, or at least our producer Andy did, about Costco coming to New Zealand. And so Costco's total annual sales are 126 billion US dollars. First one opened up in 1983 in Seattle. And they've got 800 stores around the world, 11 in Australia. They are coming to New Zealand. And I've never shopped at a Costco, but the basic plot is you pay a membership to get the discounts, but you have to pay the membership. Amanda, our guest, is from North America. So she is a Costco connoisseur, if you will, Roxy. Uh, To be honest, I've tried to avoid going there my entire adult life, but I've been forced to go a few times on holiday. Because of the bargains. No, no. Well, it, yes, there are some deals to be had. So, and you're right, it's an annual subscription fee. So you suck it up and you pay your $60 and you will it's get 60 it 60 a month, isn't it? No, that's an annual fee. Oh, annual? Yeah, yeah. So it's that's really, easy. it's no, it's, it's, oh, okay. it's nothing things. really. Um, there are some other, you know, super gold elite tier structures or whatever, but for the for the basic membership and, and you do get that back in, in, in discounted um, goods, etc. Listen, I'm not a big fan because I, I find out a very soulless experience going out to yet another big box shop. This place is going to be 12,000 square um, meters. It's mm. huge, right? So big, box big cavernous thing. And again, again, there's huge amounts of whatever you want, like big box, you know, these television, flat screen TVs, pork chops, coffins. peanut butter, coffins, hearing it. And you know what? Given the demographic, I mean, getting a discount on a coffin maybe not such a bad thing because they're very, very expensive in hearing aids for the elderly people. But you have to be uh, a super smart, intelligent shopper so you don't end up going in there and then thinking that you're going to get a bargain, but you've just come away with all mm. this stuff that you probably don't need. I've heard that the they give away a lot of free food, like this testing of like, Little little nibbly delights. That wasn't my experience <laughs> when I went you didn't there. Get any free <laughs> Maybe there were some cut up bagels that you could sample, but I don't remember it oh. being an abundance of free food. What, what no. did you say? So pork chops, hearing aids, and TVs. It's and, anything. And diamond coffins. rings. You could buy diamond, diamond rings, rings there. Yeah. How, you need a six, the... six pack of diamond rings in case one doesn't work out. <laughs> this could be the place to get your push present from, Roxy. Oh, is that a thing? Nah. <laughs> okay, so but the best things that you're going to discount get a discount on, which are this will speak to your male audience probably, is tires. Oh, really? Good discounts on tires. Okay. Wine. We're all wine lovers. A lot of people are wine lovers here. They Can- do have amazing discounts on amazing. alcohol. Not that we need to be encouraged to drink more, but it is very well, cheap. We can be encouraged to drink cheaply. Uh, well, I don't know. Do you need a two-liter bottle of gin? <laughs> Do they have two-liter bottles of oh, yes. moderation. <laughs> You'll knock your socks over. It's probably not a great thing for a country Sui. that overdrinks anyhow. But things like, you know, gift cards, olive oil, you know, those kind of things that you would go through. And again... How much is a gift card? Uh, you could get a gift card worth as whatever amount you want. Yeah. You think um, you get a box of a thousand? Um, I actually... The be- best value I found at a Costco <laughs> was getting um, for the ski fields because you could get about 30 or 40% discount off your lift tickets for the ski fields. So that I made my 60 bucks back then. And, and, and some. So, yeah, selectively, it's great. I feel mixed emotions from mm-hmm. you, Amanda. On the one hand, disdain and, 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 and not disdain, but sort of like uncertainty and dislike because it's mm. so unpleasant to be there but mm-hmm. and yet 
the ski discount is that's a big discount <laughs> yeah well listen i think i found the perfect solution i'll just send my partner because he loves shopping <laughs> and, and the, the two liters of gin. i'll just have two liters of gin thanks just to take the edge oh off. you've only got the eight liters that'll do <laughs> uh, if you're quick you can ring through 0880 1080 so would you pay 60 bucks a year oh, yep 60 bucks a year to get those big bargains you know, Costco coming to New Zealand because I, I think that there are there are a lot of Kiwis who will have the foot in both camps, which is to say, I don't want this coming here because it is going to force smaller shops to close. At the same time as going, however, I will shop there. You know, and, and I think a lot of people have have that kind of dichotomy of I don't want this to be here. However, I will use it. Uh- People are smart consumers for the most part. They know they want to save money. And let's face it, it is very expensive <clears throat> to, to live in, in particularly Auckland. Um, uh, food expenses are really high. The, I, I presume they'll have the petrol station as well. And the petrol has proven a very popular Proven ver- that's a real disruptor. Yep. What, so, what's Costco fruit and veggies like? Have you sampled them? Yeah, well, uh, I found you could get, at least in my overseas experience, you mm. can get organic produce for cheaper what it costs you know, regular produce here. It's got to be good. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it will. I'll be interested to see what the pricing structure is like here because it will be more on board with what, you know, the general food price sure. costs are here. It won't be North American prices, I don't expect. But um, Smaller market, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. And whether you'll be able to get good watermelon all year round, I think, is, is probably That's the question top of everyone's, mind. Everyone's lips, Roxy. <laughs> uh, mainly me. Oh, 80, Helen, hello. Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm very interesting uh, conversation. Uh, good good evening to you all. Um, there's another aspect to this Costco thing. It's this huge, huge thing, and we've got a housing crisis. So you're either going to take up land that should be put into housing or you're going to be ripping up uh, agricultural land. Nobody seems to have raised this point. I think it's going out at Westgate Mall. Is that it's at a mall, in the Northwest, so and it's a, that's all sort of pre, um, you know, or, ordained for, for that yeah. commercial oh, okay. use. So I don't think it'll be eating up into housing. St- so, so they're not demolishing houses and no. to, uh, or, or using good agricultural land. No, no, they're not. What, is there an item that you'd like to see a, a substantial discount on that you'd you'd go to Costco for, Helen? Um, no, not really. No. I think uh, it, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the cost of living is just appalling. You know, fruit and vegetables and groceries—it's just <coughs> absolutely appalling, really. But there's nothing, no one, one, one thing. And I mean, anyway, I, I live too far away from anyway. So, thank you. No thank worries. You All right. Well, well, hopefully that's eased your your worries there about Costco. And uh, I, I just... It's not far from where you are, Roxy. No, it's not that far. Westgate, you live out uh, in the west of the city. Mm-hmm. So for you, I reckon... Hop down the motorway to Costco. You'll be there breakfast, lunch and tea. Of an afternoon and uh, and, and while away a few hours with those horrific, uh, spectacular discounts on things from pork chops to hearing aids to coffins. <laughs> Um, so and what ba- was the other one? Baked beans. And baked beans, possibly. Um, fascinating. Hey, thank you so much for coming by. That was, You're most welcome. That, that was really good fun. And if, Very entertaining. If, if you do want to see more, simplicity.kiwi, Amanda Morrell, who's a personal finance specialist and first time on the Weekend Collective. Did you enjoy it thoroughly? I loved it. I hope you'll have me back sometime. Yeah, that'll be fun.